0: The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. While these homilies are the same in content as those preached, they have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste, to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah, and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm The Gospel of the Lord. Well, this year we celebrate the Feast of the Assumption on a Sunday, and it comes right in the middle of a normally four-week reading of John chapter 6's Bread of Life discourse. Interestingly, in doing so, it intertwines by way of the calendar two of the more challenging teachings of the Church, that of the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and that of the Assumption of Mary, soul, and body into heaven. And therein lies a story. It seems that there was a Catholic clergyman. He may have been a priest or a deacon, but since I'm a deacon and it's my story, I'm going to make him a deacon. Anyway, this deacon was traveling Europe one summer, and he was making an effort to visit some of the older cathedrals and churches in the different regions that he was traveling through. One town on his itinerary was the home to a 17th century Catholic church, which he had hopes of seeing. It was late in the day and beginning to get dark and turning somewhat cooler when he made his way up the church steps, only to find the doors were locked. As he stood outside the door, looking obviously disappointed, the church caretaker happened by and, much to the deacon's delight, invited him inside to see the church. Following the tour, the caretaker, who was an older gentleman and apparently lived alone in an apartment in the lower level of the church, invited the deacon to share a bit of whiskey and a cigar. Now, the deacon, like myself, being fond of both whiskey and cigars, readily accepted the invitation and accompanied the old man to a sitting room in the basement. Once there, he was offered a small glass of whiskey and a dark cigar without a label. The lack of a label on the cigar did not come as a surprise to the deacon, for he knew that often to obtain a better quality cigar at a lesser price, one would buy a group of cigar seconds that were sold without branding. The deacon found it quite enjoyable to sit with the caretaker, sipping whiskey and smoking the cigar, as the old man spoke of his many years in service to the church. As the deacon smoked, he looked around for an ashtray into which to put the growing ash on the end of his cigar before it fell on the floor. It was at that time, as the caretaker's own cigar ash seemed ready to fall to the floor, that the caretaker pulled what appeared to be a brass or gold-plated ashtray from the back of a shelf and flipped his cigar's ashes into it. The deacon thought it was quite the lavish ashtray for such otherwise humble quarters. However, when the caretaker offered it to him for his own cigar's ashes, the deacon realized, to his horror, that the ashtray appeared to be, in fact, an old ciborium. Pulling his cigar away from the vessel, he asked the caretaker, Is that what I think it is? To which the old man replied, matter-of-factly, Yes, it's an old ciborium. It was no longer being used for communion, so I repurposed it as an ashtray. Upon hearing this, the deacon leapt from his chair, grabbed the ciborium from the old man, and dumped the ashes on the floor. He then poured what whiskey he had left in his glass into the ciborium and used it to clean out the remaining ash residue with the sleeve of his shirt. Upon completing this impromptu cleansing, the deacon held the ciborium reverently to his chest. The old man sat there with a look of disbelief and asked what the deacon was getting so excited about. The deacon replied, Don't you understand? This sacred bowl once held the body, blood, soul, and divinity of God himself, the precious body of Jesus Christ Christ, our Lord and Savior. You cannot take a vessel that once held the body of Christ and reduce it to holding dust and ashes. It is sacred and holy because of what it once contained, and it cannot be corrupted in the way of ordinary things. Are you with me? How many of you shuddered as I did when you first heard what the caretaker was using for an ashtray? Then you should have no problem understanding the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into heaven, body, and soul. For the spotless vessel of the Blessed Virgin's body that once held the very person of God, Jesus, our Savior, could not be reduced to dust and ashes, but had to be preserved as sacred and holy, because it was sacred and holy by virtue of what it once contained immaculately conceived from the very beginning, sinless, spotless, blessed, holy Mother of God. In today's Gospel, we hear the wonderful story of the visitation when not only Elizabeth but her own unborn miracle baby, John the Baptist, hear and recognize the most holy Mother of God and the unborn Jesus God she carried in her womb. But as blessed as that fruit of Mary's womb is, for us today so also are blessed the words that Jesus spoke in the gospel from the Assumption Vigil readings, where in Luke chapter 11, a woman calls out to Jesus, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you nursed, to which Jesus replied, Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. And this gives us great encouragement and great hope in our own quest for personal holiness. We too, by virtue of the awesome gift of the Eucharist, have the experience of carrying the body of Jesus within our bodies, even if only for a short time following our reception of communion. But of course, we don't find it easy or seemingly even possible to live sinless, saintly lives like our Blessed Mother did because our Blessed Mother, by virtue of her immaculate conception, had an advantage over the rest of us. She was conceived without sin, while we, of course, were born with original sin. And although we were washed clean of that sin in our spiritual rebirth at baptism, our sinful inclinations remain. The reason these words of Jesus are so encouraging for us is that he declares that in spite of our disadvantage, there is hope for us to excel in holiness, if we hear and keep the word of God. And the very source of our ongoing ability to overcome our sinful ways and keep that word lies in the power of the very body of Christ we receive in the Eucharist, if we appreciate this gift that we have been given. Since we too receive the Eucharist and for a time are vessels of the body of Christ, we too should be sacred and holy, but our recurring sinfulness holds us back. Our reception of the transformative power of the Eucharist depends on our cooperation and appreciation of it, just as Mary cooperated with the Holy Spirit in saying yes and believing what she was promised. Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it, keep it, follow it. The Eucharist gives us the means and the power to keep the word of God, to become holy through the graces given by the holy of holies. Jesus did not make this statement without intimate knowledge of to whom he was speaking. He knew we would need help to overcome our sinful ways, our concupiscence, This is why Jesus gave us this continuous source of his grace as nourishment. In proper preparation to receive this gift, we must confess and work to detach ourselves from our sin. True detachment means aggressively working to eliminate occasions and opportunities for sin in our lives, be they bad company, bad places on the Internet, the selfish, uncharitable pursuit of personal wealth, Or what have you. And as we work to separate ourselves from the temptations of the world and lift our hearts and minds to God in preparation to receive His body and blood, we prepare ourselves as best we can to be like Mary, spotless vessels to receive the most precious body of her Son, removing the dust and ashes of our sinfulness and creating a welcoming vessel into which our Savior can pour His grace, His power, and His peace. This, then, better enables us to resist our sinful inclinations going forward, ideally creating an ongoing, recurring, deepening of our faith and personal holiness, ultimately resulting not in our assumption. But in the ultimate reunification of our bodies and souls forever in heaven. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe2017 at gmail.com.